Hi, I'm Jason. And I'm Paul. And this is the Hi-Fi Sci-Fi Podcast. Uh, this week we're going to be talking about Season 2, Episode 9, The Measure of a Man. Jean-Luc, Jordy Specs, mysteries on the holodecks, asteroids, triple droids, telepathic betazoids, transporter, deadly claw, visitor from L.A. law, photons, no Kirk, Captain has gone berserk, shuttlecraft, console Troy, Dr. Crush's little boy, Klingon rights, parasites, new heights, phaser fights, Data's head, Tasha's dead, Wyke is hanging by a thread, celebration, transformations, everyone to battle stay. And a returning guest host, Ed Hahn, joins us as our third crew member for this voyage. Ed, thanks once again for being on the show. My pleasure, gentlemen. And hey, I, Ed. I don't know, did you win a lottery? Did we have a guest host uh, grudge match to who got to fight over being on this one? Because um, I'm going to uh, I'm gonna have a really hard time talking about this episode without sounding like Chris Farley in the old Chris Farley show <laughs> sketch, where it's just, <laughs> you remember you remember when when they were in the trial? That was awesome. You know, I mean, it just, uh, because this is this is a very good episode. So, Ed, uh, I don't know how you got this one, but, but I'm glad you're here. I think I called dibs many, many moons ago. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I think it was just really quick on it. <laughs> it was one of those that was... Yeah, really quick. Well, it's one that I really, I did want to be part of this one because this is one of my all-time favorite Trek episodes, so. Yeah, and I think, I I think I'm there with you, and I want to get this out of the way in the beginning because I just kind of want to touch on it, and I don't want to, I want to be careful with this one um, because I don't want this podcast to be something that it's not, Um but I will say that the one thing that really sat with me is that in an era of, uh, we'll say, divisiveness, uh, an era of, of strife, of, of people uh, feeling like society is drifting possibly further apart, um, I feel like this episode is more relevant now than it possibly could have been even when it aired. Um, because the themes of... Um, you know, dissenting, dissenting voices, finding ways to work through grievances, um, the, the, the role of a, of a functioning society of laws, the value of courts, um, in, in that society. Um, there are some really powerful thesis statements that are made on all of those subjects in this episode. Um, and I don't, I don't, I want to make sure this podcast doesn't get political because, you want to soak up politics, there's tons of that stuff out there. I do think, though, that if someone were to lay down, um, uh, you know, American political exercise, right, and talking about why the government is structured the way it is, this is very court-heavy. Um, and I think this does make a really interesting argument for the value of a court, what it does, and why it's important that rulings have precedence, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. It shocks me that this episode comes from a creative team that gave us some of the other episodes that we've seen in this season. 
because it feels completely different. Well, so it doesn't um, necessarily. Um, I, I did do a little reading on it, and, and then this is a first-time script. This is Melinda Snodgrass's first time um, oh. take it writing. Um, she was a lawyer before this, and the writer strike uh, got her script uh, in that pile. <laughs> okay, and um, Melissa Snodgrass is a name who uh, fans will know. Um, who has who went on to become a prolific, you know, writer in. Mm-hmm. In, I believe, not just Trek, but also uh, lots of different sci-fi series, if I'm remembering correctly. And, I mean, also just an author, right? If I'm remembering correctly. I think randomly I I might follow Melissa Snodgrass on Twitter. So now I (laughs) need to look that up. Let's get her on the show. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, that means I know her and uh, we can... We can call her up, but yeah, okay. I did not realize that, and that that makes this this episode um, even more relevant. You know, I th- this is really fresh for me because I literally just got done watching this episode. But but holy cow! I mean, <laughs> tell me about your feelings, Burns. <laughs> tell me about how you love this episode. It's, it's... Here, I thought I was going to be the one gushing. <laughs> I I'm you were saying this is kind of like a Chris Farley moment. I'm I'm trying to come up with an analogy for me. I'm I feel like I'm sitting in the room, kind of looking back and forth between you. I, I enjoy this episode, but um, I'm just going to come out and say I think this episode's a little overrated. No, oh. oh. <laughs> oh. okay. And there are good parts. You've identified some great parts. The <laughs> Guinan conversation, I think, is is phenomenal, right? And and that's touching on a lot of the things that you've um, that you've kind of identified so far. But there's also um, there's a lot of dumbassery in this episode. Is sure. really the best way to put it. That um, Maddox doesn't have any point. This is, and, and Riker, for his best take at this, does a horrible job. To to think at the end that he thinks he almost won is is the equivalent of like a a peewee team playing a a professional sports team and the sports team kind of going easy on him and like oh you really put up a fight there kid (laughs) and (laughs) (laughs) like the the picard stuff is good this is a good picard episode and it's necessary in there for data but um yeah i I don't think maddox ever has a case (laughs) And the fact that this is this goes through what is I mean effectively this this arbitrary court system that's kind of ad hoc put together because um, she doesn't have the courts up there and she says well we could just do it this way if we want is is weird there's a lot of weird here <laughs> well I, I will I will grant you that um, uh, again I said I wasn't going to get political. <laughs> But I will grant you that in the in the twenty fourth century society that Star Trek posits, the the two halves of this argument seem a little strange, given that one is is uh, I mean basically Data and Picard's argument that yo I'm a life form um, seems much more in keeping with the spirit of Star Trek than. Um, Commander Bruce Maddox and and by extension you know Riker's argument and I think I I I do hear you that some of the uh, some of the like nuts and bolts of how the court functions and how they had to pull it together I think some of it is it's flimsy you know for sure um but I I don't know I think 
I, 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 there's a lot of good here. There's, there's a lot of good here. I'm not saying that here. there's not. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I don't want to come off as saying I dislike this episode. I, I, I struggled with this of, of what I feel about this episode because it, it is good. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I also think there's some nostalgia glasses on this one. <laughs> well, right? no, I mean, I'll, I'll push back against that a little bit because I, I was trying to think of how to, how to respond to your point of, um, I mean, your point is essentially Bruce Maddox doesn't have an argument. Will Riker trying to argue his lack of an argument isn't compelling is kind of what I'm what I'm getting. Yeah, and I guess I guess maybe the courtroom is is the crux of it. But maybe maybe we should set up how this all plays out throughout the episode, right? Because because I think there's places throughout we talked about how the court is set up, um, and then this really starts. They get to a starbase, right? They get to starbase, and then um, Bruce Maddox comes on and says, "Hey." I, uh, surprise, surprise, I want to take data and do some experiments, right? That, that's the, the bulk of it. Um, Picard meets an old, um, uh, not friend, but, but so, someone he knows, um, that, that, um, the link to the stargazer, she was the one who did the, um, his court martial with the stargazer. Yeah. She was the right. person she processed cause she's a, she's from the JAG office. Um, so theoretically she is. Starfleet military court essentially and yeah she mm-hmm. prosecuted Picard after he lost the Stargazer yeah mm-hmm. and then um, they get into the legal bits of this right and then that that carries out through a lot of the rest of it um, and Picard after um, getting this order that data is to be transferred to Maddox um, tries to figure it out right that's that's the the setup right Um there's a lot of good stuff in the beginning. The poker scene is good. Um, good scale. Like having the ship next to a starbase again is good. Um, good to see Picard among peers, right? Interacting yeah, with. I mean, I um, I, Paul, I don't know. I got to stop you there, man. If you're talking about what the ship looks like next to a starbase <laughs> in an episode where we have the stuff that we have in this, like, I, you're kind of missing the point. Like, I, I mean, I know sometimes we'll go back through. I guess I'm trying to say and, good and, things. That's fair. Okay, okay. No, but I mean, like, I I feel like if you take this this script apart and you you just talk about the mechanics of it, it is essentially like doing what Data was talking about in terms of putting Data's memories through the juicer that is Maddox's brain experiment. You know, I mean, you're you're getting the mechanics of it down, sure, but you're missing everything that that is this episode because the flavor of the moment is lost. <laughs> the flavor of the, the, moment. Flavor of the moment is there. lost. Exactly. This episode has an ineffable quality to it, which deconstructing it in terms of this happens, then this happens, is missing the point. And I mean, that's that's also the point of this podcast right if you're listening to us and you haven't watched this episode stop listening to us watch the episode come back and, and join us um yeah I, I definitely think the episode is watchable <laughs> we want to yeah. jump right there yeah but i will <laughs> but paul you know i've known you for a while we've 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 had this podcast for a while and i think you're great people but if you <laughs> tell me that the only reason i love this episode is because of rose tinted glasses I know where you're going to be this weekend, and I will punch you in the face. <laughs> See, and I think that's where I want—I don't want to say this is a bad episode, right? right? I'm not saying this is a bad episode. No. That's why I said I think this is an overrated episode. Um, this is still a very good episode, <laughs> um, but the, it's really 
there's a lot of straw man stuff in here. Every time they ask overruled. a question, right? You're overrated. Overruled. <laughs> overruled, overrated. <laughs> they um, ask a question, um, and I think it's, uh, I forget if Maddox or, I'm forgetting her name now. Um, Philip Olivois. Philip Olivois. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Um, ask the question, would you allow the computer to refuse a refit? Right is is one of the first questions gets asked these sort of rhetorical questions that everybody kind of says like mm, that's way too hard of a question to answer. It's like well well that is an interesting question right if the computer refused to refit you probably would start to wonder if the computer was displaying sentience that it was. We'll get more to that computer, in a few right? seasons. <laughs> yeah, precisely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but they ask a lot of those types of questions, and and some of those Picard comes back with at the end. Right, the idea of like who built you data, you know, wh what was he, and then Picard comes back at that and says, you know, DNA and all that sort of stuff. But but there are is there's just a lot of questions that get asked that people get really dumbfounded by in the moment. Um, that I, I I see where they need to go with this. I I, I see where they're going, and and the, again, the stuff at the end is really good, but it just doesn't seem like there was ever a shot here for again again for Maddox or or for Riker. I, I I do think the 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 court case played out the way it should have, but I also don't think that the opposition is as ridiculous as you're making it because I think for all his for all his character traits and he was obviously written to be the villain, you know, uh Commander oh, Maddox. Sure, sure. He's I, another um Kaminsky Kowalska. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Graves. He's I think there are people working in science who who have those blind spots. Uh, I think there's sure, people sure. everywhere who have those blind spots. That that I think this is the most human episode probably of Star Trek and and you know maybe in in a lot of science fiction that you can hold up because um, it, it 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 works that way. That yeah, you can Paul, you looking at that and probably a lot of people looking at that would be like, well, he's wrong. But there are so many issues that that so many people are so divided by where people feel that way anyway. Everybody believes they're the hero, not the villain. Everybody believes that truth is on their side. And and for me, what brings this whole episode home is, is Picard's speech about the court is a crucible. And in it, we burn away irrelevancies until we are left with a pure product, the truth. And... And that's what this episode does. And yeah, a lot of his arguments were irrelevant. But people spend lifetimes devoted to causes making arguments that are based on irrelevancies. Um, and so for me, that's why I feel like this one hit home a lot. Because people do that every day. People have been doing that every day for years. People will probably still do that in the future. You know, and it's... And and this episode was like we're going to strip that stuff away, and we're going to talk about what's real. And at the end, you arrive at Data's a person. That's all I got. I'm going to go take a nap. <laughs> <laughs> you wanted a chance well, to make law, make it a good one. <laughs> well, and is the is the end result they say that Data's a person or that Data has choice? Data is. I mean, he is. He is not property, which is essentially the yeah. same as saying that he is. Yeah, a, a unique life form. That he's a unique life form. Yeah, that he cannot be property, and the crux of that is yes. that he cannot be property because he is a person. So can I can I chime in? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've, I've, I've been, no, I've been no. We invited you here so you can just <laughs> no, sit well, here. I, I mean, just listening to this, <laughs> listening to this debate so far is 
quite it's just it's fascinating <laughs> i guess i wasn't anticipating um this level of of dissection of, of the episode but it's great because it's getting me thinking as well um I guess I'll start with with Paul's comment about it, you know, kind of the, the rosy colored lenses of nostalgia. Um, you know, my my take on this episode is I can tell you for sure, um, you know, that when I was a teenager watching this show through the first time, um, this was probably not an episode that I would have said was my favorite. In fact, I know it wasn't because um, mm-hmm. I, you know, as a kid, I tended to, to gravitate towards the ones that had more action or more space battles or whatever, this or that or the next thing. But um, this is an episode, I would say, as as I've grown you know, into adulthood and, and, you know, in the time since then, um, that I've come to appreciate a little more and more. Part of it is, um, you know, going back to the nostalgia thing, I think Burns hit on this. Yeah, we all, um, you know, having watched the show multiple times and, and from our perspective now, we look back and say, oh, yeah, obviously Data's a, a person or, or sentient or has choice. But, you know, I think when this episode came out, um, they really, in a season and almost a half, hadn't really touched on this much at all. And I know, like, even looking back at Schizoid Man, uh, when we discussed that episode, um you know, we talked about a lot of the moral and ethical implications of what Ira Graves was doing and how he was treating Data, just using mm-hmm. him as the empty vessel. And, you know, at the show itself, you know, the creative team and whatnot, they hadn't really, you know, taken this issue on directly yet. And so I think as far as a character development episode, it is it is a watershed episode because finally they are having that discussion. And I think, you know, when you, you look back at season one, um, you know, hey, we have an android on board, and he's basically a human, but he's not. It's just kind of glossed over in a lot of ways, and I think Data is kind of taken for granted. And so when you get to this episode, uh, especially on a first run through it uh, of the series, you say, oh, okay, suddenly he's just going to be ordered to be disassembled so they can study him. Well... Yeah, I mean, I think the natural progression is, well, no, wait a second, we have, we do have to have a discussion here about what are his rights or not his rights. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, you know, when you, when you talk about this episode, I think it is important to kind of separate out, you know, where we are as the audience, but where they are as the characters in that world. Because I think the perspective we bring to it um, can definitely color how we see the debate that goes on in the courtroom. So I guess what I'm saying is, you know, it's very easy in hindsight for us as an audience to look back and say, well, yeah, it's an, it's an obvious answer. But I think in that time and place of, of the story in season two, I think it's extremely relevant um, that they finally establish what data is, what rights he has, because they really hadn't talked about that at all up until that point yeah absolutely yeah yeah Yeah, a little bit you're right in in schizoid man and a little bit um just how pulaski has interacted with him to this point in the season oh yeah um but you're right that that this sort of it it is precedence right you're laying down precedence in this Mm -hmm. universe that that okay now this this issue is closed and this is how this is how we're treating him um which again is important um i'm trying to i'm trying to figure out exactly what it is about the whole um the Maddox argument right that that 
um, I'm agreeing with everything you're saying, basically, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that um, that both of you are saying uh, that the idea here, right, that data is a person does seem obvious to a large degree if you've already seen the rest of the series. Um, the, 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 the trick becomes that it really does feel that Maddox has has shown up with kind of a sketch on the back of a napkin, though, right? Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> so much so Which that is data... why they raise all their, their you know, concerns, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. Data is effectively, <laughs> I mean, like... He's like, would that work? And he's like, I don't know. And he's like, well, what if it doesn't? Got me. And it, 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 yeah. it, it sort of feels like the scientist portrayal in Unnatural uh, Selection, right? Yeah. We, we gave yeah. those scientists a lot of trouble for not listening to evidence not not mm-hmm. setting up good plans or following the on things oh sure um yeah. and maddox here just kind of like i don't know <laughs> he just has a lot of influence in starfleet or something the fact <laughs> yeah. that he has gotten um this transfer order to take data apart um even even if there's an admiral somewhere who believes that data is a, a machine um if he's the only one and he's proven his use in so many places the the prospect of losing data for just some odd experiment doesn't seem like it would pass muster either right so yeah that's uh, a good uh, point that's a very mm-hmm, good point mm-hmm. that that there's a lot of this and then it, granted like when i was setting things up I, I there's a lot of smaller nitpicky things i could say but i think a lot of the nitpicky parts of this maddox thing that once you start to look at it too hard it does feel again fairly contrived fairly straw manish that that um sure the outcome is really good the guinan speech the card speech what it means for data all of this is really good but it, it just feels like they they could have done a little better on the setup Maybe. Sure, sure. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, um, that it, it, yeah, I think it bothered you more than it bothered me. I'll tell you why it didn't bother me. Because I, I see all those points that, that you're laying out, and I can see, you know, yeah, I mean, there's nothing to his plan. We'll just put air quotes around, <laughs> around his plan. Like, I'm just going to get in there, take some cuts, you know? I mean, it's just, that's basically what, it, what he's telling him. But this shows that the Federation is a large bureaucratic organization. Um, Data's one guy. um, And rules and procedures can be bent, you know? And I think, uh, you know, Admiral... uh, I believe it's Admiral Nakamura, right? I think he... Because he's a recurring character. We'll see him a couple of times. Um, his, His reaction in these scenes is pitch perfect in terms of, like... I'm a bureaucrat, admiral, pff, whatever. Um, so, like he shows up and he and he's just like, "Oh, captain, hey, so good to see you. Oh, I'd love to see the ship." By the way, we got Bruce Maddox here. Uh, he's got something for you. We'll get to that later. Um, yeah, they, yeah. They go, yeah, that's a weird scene. <laughs> they go well. It's weird, but I think it's very specific in the way that they do it because then flash forward to the bridge. Ah, what a wonderful tour! Yes, what a delightful ship you have here, captain. Huh? Oh yeah. By the way, uh, Commander Maddox wants to uh, rip apart your android. See ya. Um, and, and then he's gone and it's I mean th- I think it's perfect because uh, I've seen large governments in function uh, I've seen large organizations I've worked in large organizations that is precisely how they function it is just there's some blowhard somewhere who you gotta get to sign a thing and you put a thing in front of them and you go man I'm gonna do X Y and Z and it's gonna be great and uh 
you know, I'm sure Admiral Nakamura did not get to be an admiral in Starfleet because of his rigorous understanding of the scientific method. Um, you know, I'm sure he's there because he knows a lot about ships and fleet deployments. And, you know, this base is near the Romulan border. And that's probably what he's worried about right now. So some guy in a blue shirt shows up and he's like, can I take apart this robot guy? And he's like, sounds good. We're going to get more robots. Yay. And that's it. And and I think, so where you see, like, flimsy arguments and questionable practices, I see, like, bureaucracy. Like, that's how that works. <laughs> like, there will always be people who do stuff like that to try to get what they want, shady or otherwise. And I think, I think Maddox is totally credible because he is... I mean, I've seen that guy, right? He's just like, I don't know. I don't know how to do it, but I'm just going to tear it apart and see what happens. It's like, what? Huh? What? No. Oh, yeah, yeah. How's that going mean, to work? We all, know, we all know that guy. Yeah. So, I, I mean, it's... I mean, we've all been that guy in our childhood, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we were all electronics nerds. Yep, yep. And, and some of us just never grew out of it. And, like, so, I mean, that's why when I say this episode is so... Uh, you know, yeah, you look at it and you're like, well, that's ridiculous. But, I mean, people are ridiculous, man. And and the way that, I, I mean, this is a very warts and all approach to the Federation, how it works, um, how imperfect it can be, and how people, because at the end of the day, it's about people having to stand up and, and do what's right and, and get a little dirty. And, like, I actually feel for Riker in this episode pretty deeply um especially that scene that he and data have at the end i mean especially yeah i like that scene at the end yeah i I, even though it's yeah parts of that scene like i said i I don't believe that Riker would feel like he almost won but uh, maybe that's a good question to you guys what what case do you believe that Riker has what 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 argument do you make does he make that is even remotely credible not that it's necessarily credible, but I think the most emotional weight um, he has, at least in the hearing, is when he literally turns Data off. Uh, I thought that would be the, the thing yeah. I was fishing for, yeah. Yeah, and that's what you're fishing for. <laughs> um, but I think what that, what that, at least what it said to me, is it demonstrates um, that there really weren't any consequences how data was treated yeah it was shocking in the moment oh you just turned him off oh but you can walk right back over and turn him back on you know Mm -hmm. if you were to do that to quote unquote a person you know you can't do that oh you turned him off oh they're dead well you can't they're gone so if say um who's your next favorite character let's just put jordy in the chair i know where you're going with this guy jordy's over there right (laughs) so if he just pulled off his phaser and he's like a man will shut it off and shoot jordy with a phaser on stun and then jordy slumps down and he's like well he'll be fine in 10 minutes yeah or if he goes over there and just hits him in the head with a bat and he says whoops well (laughs) he's unconscious for about 10 minutes He'll be fine. Or if he just went over there and injected him with sodium pentothal and was like, well, as soon as that gets out of his system, he'll yeah, be fine. Yeah, this is, right? yeah but I think, I think the, the, impl- that... the implication – I see what you're saying there, but I think the implication is that turning off Jordy in this situation isn't just knocking him unconscious. It's literally killing him. It's pulling the plug. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that's the question. If, if <laughs> he was dead forever, sure. But the, you just said the fact that he wakes up, you just turn him back on, and he has what is effectively uninterrupted consciousness, um, is 
not an argument for Riker. But right? but but I think the point is that's why they view him as really not having any rights because yeah. they can do whatever they want to him. There's no real consequence for it because he like, is oh, a, we're, we're gonna be yeah we're just gonna disassemble him oh we'll put him back together again yeah oh, okay no big deal yeah, and that's how is... they kind of gloss it over yeah the the, yeah. the premise and i think i think guinan asserts it perfectly is he is a disposable person yeah they're talking about making a race of disposable people um and and this is the part of the podcast where we're gonna we're gonna reveal some truths here. This podcast that we're recording right now is a crucible. We're burning away irrelevancies. <laughs> uh, Paul got the unenviable task of of arguing against this fan favorite episode because we told him uh, we couldn't do the podcast anymore and we would rule summarily <laughs> against it. Um, and Paul is also a Vulcan and lacks human emotions, so he does not understand why Riker's <laughs> compelling argument. Uh, he, he's just like, you, you guys are dumb. Like, it's just well, it's let, dumb. Let me, let me take this a bit <laughs> further here. He has the harder argument, because by his own admission, well, this sure is does. a good episode. <laughs> yes, exactly. And he, when we talked Wait, before this... Riker. Boy, he and... He and me are are we. He and me are we, <laughs> precisely. Yeah, it no, I, I, I hear you, Paul, but I mean I think I think that's where the argument was based out of, and I, I think I understand like your difficulty with it, but like again, I just think they're arguing what a lot of people argue, which is just that's weird and different, and so it's unnatural. See? poke mm-hmm. slump you know like that it's it's not a scientific argument it's not a fact-based argument but how much of human society is based out of stuff that's not fact-based you know i mean we literally we're debating the 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 essence of truth in in modern society right now or or what is truth or what are facts or what are alternative facts you know so i mean i i get you from the point of he's not talking fact reason based actual logical arguments but that's a lot that happens so much <laughs> man that's there there are a lot of people where feelings are weighted more heavily than facts and i think i think his argument was you know it had the weaker ground uh philosophically mm-hmm. and logically but he played the hand as strongly as he could because i think i think there's a really compelling case to be made about that on off switch you know right i think i i think that is a thing where you know because i get you yeah you can drug somebody yeah you can phaser them yeah you can shoot them huh they're turned off but literally uh you know that that for a lot of people emotionally um i think people look would look at that i i'm i'm thinking about society as it is right now and let's say there was that right that suddenly there's an artificial person the ability to turn them on and turn them off at the press of a button has the effect of dehumanizing them and the entire argument that bruce maddox has relies upon dehumanizing data and the Mm -hmm. most dehumanizing thing you can do is to just be like now he's on now he's off now he's on now he's off he's a toaster you know so i mean yeah it when you go beyond it there's not much there but 
that's only because, again, we're kind of where we are now, where it's like, well, that's settled case law, and just because you can turn him off doesn't... And, and that's why I think Picard's counter is is so effective, because he just shuts it all down with like a series of like, yeah, he said this, no, yeah, he said this, no, yeah, yeah he said this, and, no. And there, were, there were a lot of notes <laughs> that I wrote when, when Riker was talking. It's like, oh, that's kind of dumb, that's kind of dumb, and then Picard is pretty right. much like, yeah, all of that stuff, I'm not even going to talk about it, it was so dumb. It's yeah. like, okay, good job, Picard. <laughs> like... Um, so, yeah, and again, a lot of this gets wrapped up pretty nicely by the end, by Picard's speech, by by Guinan's speech, by um, Philippa's last, last speech there, um, even though even though she basically says during it, like, I'm not qualified to decide this thing, but I guess I have to. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. That, that's an interesting line. Um, yeah, yeah. So th- there is a lot here. Yeah. Um, I'm looking at my notes. There's... Oh, I do think that that if we were looking for other places, they that um, kind of around the edges, they start to hit on uh, what is effectively the cyborg uh, take on this early mm-hmm. in the episode when they talk about Jordy, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's a missed opportunity, right? That that to think about um, why more people don't have basically Jordy's implant that that there would be people who would want that for precisely the reason that that data outlines that it is better than human eyes um and you lose something but again someone would want that and someone would want stronger arms and and the fact that they could do all these things um is beyond right they're, they're painting this very um there aren't are there, shades of gray. There aren't shades of gray here at the moment because they're resolving this android versus human. Um, but there's some interesting questions there too about what it means to be partly human and partly uh, machine that, that I guess will show up in the Borg, basically. Sure, sure. Well, and you also, I mean, uh, yeah, I <clears throat> you, you raise a good point there because they're... Um, I remember having a conversation with somebody once about... Star Trek, why they didn't like it, and why they don't care for much, most science fiction, which is set in the future. And and their central premise was just that, like, man, in the 24th century, ain't nobody going to look like a person anymore, you know, which is to say exactly what you're talking about with genetic manipulation and alteration, uh, cybernetic uh, manipulation Darwin and alteration. Darwin Station. Yeah, Darwin Station. Yeah, <laughs> We're all going to be uh, super flu creating, uh, yeah, uh, future kids. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, essentially that. And, and you can open up a whole philosophical can of worms with that, sure. Um, but I think, I, think, I think this episode, you graft more onto it and you take away. I think for me, it's so refreshing. I think this episode in particular is so refreshing and, and why I like it so much and why I think I like it even more because of when it happens in the chronology is that so many of the episodes that we've talked about up to this point are guilty of the opposite sin, right? Which is just like everything in the kitchen sink is just thrown in there because it's oh, yeah, like, sure. you know, we don't we don't have any good ideas, so we'll just put in a lot of ideas and try to exhaust people by the end of 43 minutes. Um, this one, this one's focused. It's lean and mean. Yeah, exactly. It's it's really um, it's this guy. What he wants to do to Data and what they're going to do to stop him. Um, and, and the story they tell with that, I think, is um, for me up to this point uh, with the episode we just came off of with, um, with Riker on the on the Klingon ship. 
uh, and now this episode where he has to be conflicted, you know, we've, we're seeing some of the best Riker we've ever seen before. We're seeing Picard really come into his role as um, the, the elder statesman. And we're seeing Data, you know, um, come into his own as, as understanding what he is, who he is, and trying to carve out his place in the universe. And I think, I think it does so much in the runtime that it has to establish this show, what it's here to do, and why it's important. Um, than so many of the other episodes, even in the in the rest of the series, like it's just hard to find something that just comes out and and has something to say, and that's this important. Um, to to agree with Paul a little bit, I think one of the reasons, um, you know, I can see you saying that it's overrated, and I think part of that is it's a very good episode that's buried in the first two seasons, <laughs> which. You know, up to this point, how many times have you guys said, well, you know, it's going to get better as, as we get further into the series, but this one's kind Burns of a clunker. says that yeah, every two, week. Exactly. <laughs> and, and this See, is... See, I meant it. <laughs> we're, we're kind of getting to that turning point now, because I think we've, you guys have, have mentioned it before, that, you know, once you get to season three, you know, the quality of the show really starts hitting yeah, it its stride and moving forward. Yeah, very really quick. quick. Um, and so... This is this is one of those stepping stones, getting out of kind of the doldrums of, of season one and two, and really starting to establish itself. Well, yeah, in the last episode, uh, Matter of Honor was also a very good episode, um, mm-hmm. uh, oddly good for where it is in the the series. Um, mm-hmm. And this one is is too. This one is is much better than the episodes around it. Um, yeah, yeah, that's a good point of of maybe that it does stand out a little bit more to people just because it was um you know no it's a crescendo that 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 the idea of something being being louder or better because the things around it are are quieter or worse is a interesting argument yeah that yeah. Mm-hmm. the fact that we've been trudging through so many bad things um if you had been watching this in order this would seem really, really, really good. The Oasis. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and I, I just, yeah, I think we're, if you're having a debate on whether something is good or whether something is awesome, I think that's, you know, it's not a bad place to be, <laughs> you know. I'm yeah, not, yeah, yeah. I'm sure. not yeah. talking about a piece of entertainment. Yeah, that's interesting, too, about the, the focus, because there were some other ways. I was trying to think of how what sort of script notes you would send on this and say how might you change this to make this more of a compelling case or how might you structure Maddox a little differently um, I thought of the idea that that um, you know you basically have the replicator they have they have a lot of problems with, with the replicator and the t- uh, transporter at this point um, and and later in the series we'll see that you know the the transporter can effectively clone people there are presumably a lot of safeguards in place to stop that from happening um but the replicator replicates things um and realistically if you wanted to create a whole bunch of datas and it was really just a safeguard in place that stopped you from cloning people his request could be i want to put data in the teleporter turn off those safeguards and just create another one of him because that would be the same idea, right? And Data would probably object to that as much because he would no longer be unique. Geordi would probably object to that. Picard would probably object to that. Um, I'm just trying to think how that would play out as an episode, right? Mm-hmm. If it would um, be sort of just as interesting. And I don't know if it would be as focused, but um, it would certainly have a lot of the problems that we've talked about in transporters and replicators and all of that jazz. There's a quote from a future episode um, that I think 
applies to how they treat data in this episode, you know, from the Federation's viewpoint and Maddox's viewpoint, and that is the old Federation credo, exploitation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I don't know if either of you guys have read the, um, uh, it went viral a little while ago, but the, uh, the, the assertion that the Federation is basically the hold my beer of science in the 24th century, but like, you know, Commander Maddox is that, where it's like, man, I don't know, I'm going to get in there and I'm going to hook him up to stuff and, and, and whatever. Because, yeah, I mean, if you, if you try to workshop this one, I while I was watching this, I was like, I don't understand why Maddox just doesn't make a copy, you know? Like, they're talking about downloading Data's yep. consciousness off of his positronic brain. I'm like, uh, file transfers are not that like <laughs> you can duplicate files just as easily oh. as you can move mm-hmm. them in fact and by easier the way because we have the smartest guy in the universe in our computer <laughs> yeah that's right can't i regret himself here <laughs> yeah he can probably help yeah, yeah. well and, and yeah the, 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 yeah the fact that that episode potentially just happened a few episodes ago and i, I forget if do we say skip that one or watch that one i'm pretty sure i said skip that one I, I yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna say because, we said. Well, we 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 I established the 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 criteria. There's like the three episodes. There's the bad episodes, the not good but entertaining, and good. And wait, I think that one landed in the middle. <laughs> yep, yep. And I'm pretty sure I supported that. And then Paul was just mad. <laughs> he was like, arr, arr. but yeah, we said watch. I believe. Yeah, now I can't remember, but um, yeah, the the fact that they were so just quick and loose with basically consciousness transfers in that one, um, couldn't they just go to um, Ira Graves' planet and find the machine he used, the weird helmet <laughs> or you know tube that he stood in or whatever that allowed him to send his mind somewhere else and just be yeah. like, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm surprised the ghost of Ira Graves didn't show up at the hearing and be like, they're not people, they're androids. <laughs> Unless they're women androids, and then they're women. And also <laughs> still not people. <laughs> oh, it's such a bad episode. Yeah, because Ira Graves uh, still super sexist. Um, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, I'm not... I know I've been incredibly one-sided in this one in terms of it's great and damn you for saying anything different. I mean, there. Yeah, I felt like I I, I came in your house and just started like throwing things off the bookshelves, <laughs> like you have to kicking anything I could find. You have to leave, just Paul. Setting fires <laughs> the curtains. Yeah, it. I, I mean, I, I just I I buck at the assertion that it is rose-colored glasses that are, that are that are are tinting my my view of this episode because i i would also agree with ed's assertion that when i was a kid this is one that i just was like boring you know skipped over um i think for for me it becomes it becomes more important the older you get and the more that you think on the ideas here because i i won't say it's mechanically perfect but i will say the message that it has is about as beautiful as as can be and and I'm going to drop the biggest bomb I can here. I, you know, Paul, you know me and you know how I, you know, whatever. But I mean, like I cried human tears uh, at the end of just watching this again, where I was like, <laughs> I feel things <laughs> like I, 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 it does. It, 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 it brings a, it's a, good episode. a, a literal it's a really good tear episode. to my eye. And I think the, so, so few pieces of entertainment have that capacity to, 
to to kind of reach me that way. So I mean, I'll, I'll throw that out there too. That it's just it it you know sets its phasers right on the feels and it it lights them up, man. I mean, that's that's what it's there to do. Um, and that's also I think pretty effective um, because it it makes you it does the most important thing that you can do in any dramatic presentation. It makes you feel more strongly about the people you're seeing. Um, and I, and I feel like there are just so many, uh, you know, quote unquote adventures we go through with this crew where you're like, this, that was dumb, but okay. Uh, in the first couple of seasons. And now we've got something that it's like, you can savor the flavor on this one. And, and I think it might be elevated because of where it is in, in the series, um, you know, where it happens yeah, I think and where that's, it falls. I think that's true. I think that's the legitimate point that Paul raised. Yeah. But I mean, if this was a fifth season episode, you know. <laughs> might have a little higher bar, but I agree. This has an amazing message in it about what it means to be um, a property, basically. Right. That, that's one of the big parts of this. Um, and again, Guinan, when Guinan gets to shine in season two, she's one of the best characters here. Um, she makes some good cases. And Picard then kind of slam dunks it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so, but I, yeah, it, I don't know. The emotion I had was really um, more of the the anger and and less of the. I think I was already emotioned out by the time I got to the Picard side by just being <laughs> being like Pinocchio is broken. That's yeah, just a weird <laughs> argument. <laughs> like, come on, Riker, try. This is your best, Riker. You you may disagree with this, Paul, but I, one of the things I also like about this uh, episode is that. You know, a lot of what people call science fiction um, today just revolves around having lasers or spaceships or, you know, fancy tech and things like that, where, you know, at its roots, sci-fi is really about, you know, the exploration and discussion of concept and idea. Mm -hmm. And so I do think that this episode, by the virtue of the subject matter, is probably more sci-fi than a lot of trek yeah 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 yeah, I, I mean, yeah and 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 i'll never i'll never um knock an episode for not having enough uh sure photon sure. torpedoes right oh yeah yeah um, <laughs> nor will i <laughs> <laughs> right and then yeah yeah you're right that this this makes a really good argument about um a sci-fi issue of of what to do with um artificial life when it arises and and mm-hmm. there was a swing at this right home soil was a swing at this in in season one and then they kind of flubbed that one um <laughs> i had a lot of problems with that one too um yeah and this is a much better swing than that well and, and, and that, that's a backhanded compliment if i if i ever could have given one but. yeah totally yeah no you're really uh <laughs> this is much much better than that <laughs> <laughs> i want to i want to also i kind of want to end on this because i realized the one thing that that drew it all into focus for me just literally this last episode while watching it is that to to I mean, if you look at this episode in terms of of the big question, which is is data sentient or isn't he? Is he alive or isn't he? Um, I think it's still a really good episode, but I think it even misses the point. I mean, yes, that is at the core of this episode, but this episode it it, it lays a blueprint for how people can interact with each other when they are about as polarly opposed as they can be. And if you look at it through the lens of data's forgiveness, um, it is an incredible piece of humanity that, that data being non-human 
is the most compassionate, you know, and and humanist person in the episode because his reaction to everything where where everyone could easily uh, make a case to feel slighted, hold a grudge and be bitter is to immediately forgive and to and to build a bridge back. And, and it's with it's with Commander Maddox at the end of the court uh, mm-hmm. when the verdict is given. And, you know, this guy spent the entire episode trying to literally almost destroy what he is. And he chooses to not only uh, walk up to him, forgive him, but to also maintain a dialogue and a rapport with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way in which he does it is just so incredible. And I think... You know, I, I think the guy who played Maddox did a nice job of showing, you know, visually that that he was a little touched and and gave him a nice moment to to change his pronouns up a little bit and mm-hmm. to to you know literally show his character growth and then to immediately go from that to also the scene with with Riker and Data and and Riker, you know, I mean, and and you can kick sand in it a little bit by saying like, ah, Riker, I don't know how you think you won, but I mean. To accept it on premise for a moment that Riker feels terrible because this guy is his friend and he had to spend the episode trying to get him dismantled. He wouldn't want to go to that party. He wouldn't want to go to that reception. He would want to be like, man, what have I done? I'm a terrible person. And and that scene with Data, again, immediately forgiving him and then saying, saying to him that, you know, yeah, you're hurt. That injured you, but it saved me. You know, I won't forget it is... I mean, that's the part that I'm literally like, you know, oh man, I gotta, I gotta get a Kleenex. I gotta. I gotta <laughs> well, and it, and Jonathan Frakes does a great job in that scene too of of convincing you of it yeah. that that he tried his best. Um, and and it is one of the places where I, I think a lot of the end of the episode fixes a lot of the things that are potentially wrong throughout, right? Yeah. Um, Maddox has a very quick turnaround. Um, I don't think he would have given up that easily, but if you, if you accept that he would, um, yeah, Data's, Data's response to is perfect Data, um, and his response to, to Riker is perfect Data. Um, yeah, and it, it really does a great job of establishing more of what Data is. Sure, sure. But I mean, uh, like, you know, just even going beyond that, like, you'll hear me use the phrase, you know, like, ch- you know, the Church of Star Trek, you know, that like, if you... If you're a fan and, and you, you like the ideas in the episode, I think this is one of those episodes that I think you can pull a lot of ideas from, which is just the, the idea that, um, you know, that, that Data adopts, which is just, you know, why would I hang on to that? Like, literally, he's obviously emotionally incapable of, of holding a grudge, but he also would not immediately have to cross that bridge and, and just say, you know, keep in touch. Let's let's talk about it in the future. You know, I, what some of what you propose is intriguing. Like, he... It's to me, it's a very refreshing piece of entertainment to watch where so much of of contemporary science fiction film, uh, you know, novels, uh, television series is a very bitter, jaded, cynical view of of class warfare and us versus them and, and, you know, scheming politics. It's kind of nice to look at uh, a different take 
on on ways to interact with people and i think i think there's some ideas there too i mean that that idea of the power of forgiveness i think is yeah. you know without getting into a, a different podcast again altogether you know there's there's religions our that new have power, our new podcast the power of forgiveness the power of forgiveness yeah exactly but i mean you know world religions are based off of similar ideas right so i mean there's a lot there there's a ton of ideas here that can that you could take out um right even even just the basic premise of the fact that data um data says he is a person data says he wants um not that he wants to be called he that that he is he uh not it right that it's not a preferred pronoun it is what he is because he's telling you mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. that it doesn't matter right to to argue this is as futile as maddox's argument and and um i mean potentially a lot of it i i wonder how much they put the poker game at the front end to try to um make you compare to that or if it was just something to give data some some character but um you know the fertility of riker's hand in that that game and um him just kind of playing this out to to see what he could do right but the overall futility of it Mm -hmm. of of trying to go against these um ideas that you know just let it go right riker riker should have just folded you know effectively (laughs) yeah yeah uh, I mean, I think a much shorter episode. Yeah, right. Well, I think we've we've covered a lot of ground here because we've we've talked for a while. Um, if anyone has any, if, you know, Paul, if you want to nitpick some more, I mean, just go ahead. Oh, I, uh, can I? Because I mean, <laughs> I, I so data data bet out of turn in the poker game um, that annoyed me. Uh, uh. <laughs> that's gonna that, that's gonna do it for this week's episode. No. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I don't think I, I think it's pretty perfunctory if we render a verdict on this one. I, I mean, I just talked about forgiveness, but Paul, if you don't vote for this one, <coughs> I don't think I can ever forgive you, and we can't be friends. But um, no, this is this, this one has to be watched, right? <laughs> yeah. It is a um, it's an important part of the series, um, and and all the problems of it. They're going to be mad at Maddox. You, you know, you might have some of the same problems I did. Um, but the, the take-home messages, the things you could take from this episode, the things you could learn from this, um, the things, again, if you're showing this to someone who has never seen Star Trek, and that's the idea, um, the things that they can get out of this on a first pass, and the, th- the conversations you could have with them about the, all these ideas, about forgiveness, about personhood, about um, uniqueness, all, all, everything like this, um, are too valuable to, to not have just because... <laughs> Maddox is a dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> and how? <laughs> Ed, do you have any closing arguments? Yeah, one of the uh, the things I I also like about this episode is um, at the very end during his closing statements in the hearing, uh, Picard says, "You know, the mission of Starfleet is to seek out new life. Well, there it sits." Mm-hmm. Yeah, that to me that's just awesome because again, I think. You know, up to this point in the show, yeah, there's a new life form that's literally on the bridge yeah. that no one has really acknowledged as such to this point. So I just think that's a very poignant statement, um, both for the character to make, but really the show to make, you know, about what what their whole mission, why are they out there, why are they exploring? Well, guess what? We just, you know, did part of our mission in this hearing. Mm-hmm. Um Mm-hmm. And then the other thing is, um, you know, this episode, again, not a lot of action in it, but um, when you watch a lot of Trek, especially going back to the original series two, Star Trek, 
for whatever reason, seems to do courtroom stuff very, very well. And again, I would say this is this fits in that tradition. So, absolutely, yeah, yeah. Um, well, I mean, I've you, I've I've talked enough. Good episode. Watch it. Uh, Paul is. Uh, He's he's, uh, he's made a good case. He had a weak hand. He played it as as well as he could, but uh, he should have folded. But he didn't. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I mean, if you guys want to just play some poker, that's that's fine too. (laughs) That's what we'll do after the show. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's um, no, it's yeah. I I I really like how you wrap that up there, Ed, because I I didn't even that didn't occur to me until you mentioned it. But it's it's also a powerful message about the. the idea of principle, right? And understanding the principle of your, your organization and what you're trying to do and, and you know, tying into the bureaucracy theme again. That's like, we got admirals and we got courtrooms and we got, but man, we're out here to find life and there it is. And yeah, I mean, the, yeah, there's there's like the density of ideas in this episode. Yeah, so gotta, gotta watch it. And if you don't like that, you won't like Trek and uh, that's okay. Uh, and we can probably still be friends, but it'll be hard. Um <laughs> Ed, um, thank you so much for joining us for this discussion of the measure of a man. Well, thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. Free plug for anything on the on the web, or just uh, stay tuned for the next time we show up in this here podcast. Just keep trekking. That's what I'll leave them with. Just just nice. keep trekking, and uh, sometimes we must resort to this adversarial system. Um, but uh, but I'm glad that uh, our ruling came through. Uh, so until next time, I'm Jason. And I'm Paul. And uh, Data's a person. This episode's great. Shut up, Paul. (laughs) We'll see you next time. (laughs) I am really glad that, uh, Paul, you did exactly what you did. I don't know if you planned on doing that, but it it definitely, definitely helped. I figured that you guys were were pretty hard hard into the (laughs) fandom on this one. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You had, I mean, you had the hardest job. Like, I just, I don't, and, and, yeah, I mean, so much so that I, I wonder, I mean, like, I, I'm, I'm, again, so I, I might have, I might have beat up on you a bit, but man, I'm glad you did that because that, it made it a better, a better convo for sure. Yeah, yeah. So, that was <laughs> no, fun. No, it did, it did feel like walking in your house and kicking a dog or something. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was funny because he like like just the like well I think maybe there's some nostalgia in some Rosa. How dare you? Yeah, there's no nostalgia here. 